Welcome to the Southbridge Church Podcast, where our mission is leading people to find and follow Jesus. We're thrilled that you are here, and it's our hope that this message will lead you to find and follow Jesus. Well, once again, good morning and welcome to Southridge Church. If you have a Bible, I'm going to invite you to open it to the book of Psalms, the 23rd Psalm. And as you're turning there, I'm going to ask you a loaded question. Who is that person in high school or college you most wanted to be with? Now, the wise person would say the person next to you, the person that you're with, all right? But think about that. Who is that person that you most wanted to be with when you were in high school and college? For me, it all started in September 2005. It was a Saturday morning about 6 a.m. I was headed to the dining hall on our campus, and I see this woman running on the sidewalk. And time just froze. I'm telling you, everything just kind of stopped in midair. And there the clouds parted and rays of heavenly sunlight just shone on Jane Ann Tremortinamisa. And then I just looked. And then you ever seen those shampoo hair commercials where their hair moves slow? And then they look up and then they bat those long eyelashes at you as they run by. Yeah, that's not quite what happened, but in my imagination, that's 100% of what happened. And from that moment on, I was like, I don't know who that is, but I want to be with her. And then I became a little bit, as you could say, maybe obsessed, just a little bit. I think other parents would put restraining orders against guys like me. And then I found out that she was looking for tall, dark, and handsome. I said, what about more like a short, flat, white? You know, what about that, you know? But here's the follow-up question. I asked you who you most wanted to be with, but think about the other side. I haven't actually dismissed the Spanish ministry. I'd like to dismiss the Spanish ministry. If you would like to have the message in Spanish, we have a classroom all set up and you could be dismissed out the back and you're gonna head towards the children's wing if you'd like to be a part of this message in uh, Spanish. You're you're dismissed right now if you'd like to be a part of that. But the follow-up question is this, why did you want to be with that person? And I would submit this. I think it's because of the way they made you feel. Wouldn't you agree that's true? You wanted to be with him or her because of how they made you feel. We're looking at Psalms chapter number 23. Because around this season, we're kicking off a new series entitled God With Us. But do you get that same feeling when we hear that God is with us, that you did when you wanted to be with that guy or gal. And if we're honest, I think we struggle with that because I think you and I love the butterflies that we got in our stomachs when we first were with that person we so wanted to be with. But then when we hear that it's the holiday season and God is with us, it's almost like an afterthought. It's like, I know I should be excited. I know I should be happy. It's kind of when your kids are about to give you a gift that you gave them the money to go buy. And you know that gift was only $15, but you gave them 50. And they're like, what'd you do with the other money? I got a pack of shirts and a tie from the Goodwill. I know I gave you more money than this. And yet you've got to look happy and you've got to look surprised. And I feel around this season, we all feel this sense of pressure that we've got to be happy when people say, Emmanuel, God with us. 
And yet we have a real sense that this season we just don't feel good. And so that's why I want to go to Psalms chapter number 23. This is David writing. And many people believe he did not write this as a boy. Many people believe this is one of his later or last writings. So he's summing up his entire life in Psalms 23, arguably one of the most famous Psalms. I was at Valley Hospital about two months ago as I was by the bedside of a man dying of stage four cancer. And before he passed, he said, can you read Psalms 23 with me? And as I held the man's hand, we read this Psalm. I'm gonna invite you out of the respectful word of God. Would you stand with me? as we read Psalms 23. If you don't have a Bible, that's fine. It'll be up on the screen. And if you would like a copy of the Bible, we have free Bibles we'd love to give to you after the service. I'll read aloud. Verse number one says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pasture. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let me pray one more time. Father, would you bless the reading of your word? I pray for every heart that's here that they feel detached and distant from you, that this psalm would be the most comforting thing they've ever heard. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for standing. Would you be seated this morning? It's easy to believe that God is with us when things are good. It's easy to believe that God is with you when you just got a promotion or when you just got a raise or when everything is working exactly how you want it. Like you go to Valley Fair and there's that parking stall right in front of the shop that you want. It's like my story, except not with a human being, but with the parking stall. The clouds parted, rays of heavenly sunlight shone. Everything was slow motion. All the other cars stopped for you so that you could get your oversized SUV into the EV parking stall that barely fits a little Mini Cooper. And you pull in there and you don't care that you're over the white line. You don't care that nobody else can park next to you because God left you that parking stall. And you're like, Emmanuel, God is with me. And then you walk into the store and it says sale. And you're like, he's definitely with me today. There's a sale. But what about others of us where we didn't get a promotion, no Christmas bonus, we got a pink slip. And we were told that in the new year, you'll, you'll be on unemployment. We got the news that our spouse no longer wants to be with us. We got the news that our child no longer wants to be associated with us. We got the news that a loved one is deathly ill. We've got the news that something in our life has fallen apart. And then you come to a church like this and they say, God is with you. And you say, but where? Because I don't see him. And I certainly don't feel him. So where is God in all the mess? You look at the news and you say, God, are you really there? 
Are you seeing what I'm seeing? I know that you're Emmanuel, but it's hard. We love the mountaintops, don't we? But it's in the valleys that we see something different. You see, while we enjoy God on the mountaintops, we truly experience God in the valleys. David is writing this psalm not from the perspective of a shepherd. He's writing this psalm from the perspective of a sheep. And so, Alvin, can you bring in Wolf for me, please? All right, here we go. All right. If you're wondering why his name is Wolf, you have to ask Megan. All right, get him. There we go, I got him, I got him. All right, this is gonna go really well or really bad. I didn't want to feed him this morning, just in case, you know, nature calls. You see, God writes Psalms 23, and he doesn't call you the shepherd. He calls you the sheep. I picked up the sheep yesterday. It's very hard to find a sheep. I mean, I waited all night till the owner went to sleep, and I'm just kidding. Just kidding. (laughs) <laughs> Some of you are like, I knew, I knew that pastor, he'll steal a sheep for an illustration. But the rancher who brought me the sheep, he said, don't put a collar on this sheep. I said, what are you talking about? He said, if you put a collar on this sheep and you tie him up, he will break his own neck. Sheep are dumb. Not my words. This is the rancher. And then he said, this sheep will taste good. He said, it's all organic grass-fed. I said, no, no, this is for church. I'm not going to eat it. And he says, well, you could eat it after church. I said, we're not eating the sheep. So I saved your life. You owe me, big time. But God, he looks at you as a sheep going through life. You need help. You don't know how bad you need it. You know, this sheep last night woke my daughter up. Just bah, bah. And then Megan came down, said, what'd you want? And she affectionately named it Wolf, wants to help its self-esteem. And looked at Wolf, oh, don't bite me. And looked at Wolf and said, what? And Wolf just calmed down. Because sheep want to be with the shepherd. And it's just built into them. They don't want to be alone. God built it into you. He doesn't want you alone. You're wondering what this holiday just feels lonely. And God's saying, that's not the way I designed it. You see, this sheep, it can't feed itself, can't take care of itself. I have to lead it, to guide it, to feed it, protect it. This sheep will end its own life in just self-destruct mode. Yeah, you will. He's looking at me. He's like, no, I won't. (laughs) And God is saying this morning, you think you've got this all figured out. You think you can go through life on your own. But what God's trying to do is to get you to say, you're my sheep, and I'm going to take care of you. And I'm going to be with you the entire time. And here's the hardest part. Because in verse number four, he says we're going to go through something. Not the mountains. We're going to go through the valley. Sheep don't naturally seek valleys. Sheep don't want to go through the valley. And you and I don't want to go through valleys. 
In the summertime, when the grass is green, the sheep would be taken to the mountains where they could get fat off the fresh green grass. And that's where we want to stay, isn't it? The mountaintops. But in the winter, the mountaintops get covered with snow and the sheep will die. So the shepherd has to take it through the valley. And this morning, some of us are resisting the valley. But I want you to see something about the valley. And I'm going to give Wolf back to you and you can take him. Please don't eat him. We've named him. That'd be terrible to name something that you're about to eat. We're not going to eat him. But David wants you and I to see the valleys are important, even though we don't like it. There's seven critical valleys in the Bible. There's the Valley of Eshkel, the Valley of Jezreel, the Kidron Valley, the Valley of Elah. There's the Valley of Achor, the Valley of Gehenna. Then there's the Valley of Sidon. And then there's this valley, the Valley of Death. And I want to help us this morning because there's value in our valleys. We don't like our valleys, but there's value in it. And this morning, some of you are going through a valley season and you're saying, God, why do I have to go through this valley? And I need you to know that you came here to hear this message where you can be reminded that the valley is valuable to your life. Because once again, while you enjoy God on the mountaintops, it's not until the valley that you really experience that God is good, that God is near, that God is present, that God will provide for you. It's in that valley. And while you don't want to go through it, because on the mountaintops, you're like, I can take care of myself. But it's in the valley that you see that God is ever present. And the greatest comfort is while you feel lonely to know that you are not alone. You see, the psalmist said, all the days of my life. That's not just the good days. That's just not the great days, but it's also the days of grief. God says, I am with you all the days of your life. God never leaves you. He never forsakes you. So while you may feel that God is detached and distant, I'm telling you that is your feeling. That is not actual fact. And this morning, David is trying to remind us that God is trying to show us something because this psalm is actually a song. Because you and I will never shout from the mountaintops until we learn to sing in the valleys. And some of us, as we go through the valleys, we can't stand the valleys. We're saying, God, why am I in this valley? And God's saying, until you realize that you can sing and be joyful in this valley, you will never shout and be confident in the mountaintops. You see, people in the mountains have learned to overcome valley-type problems. God wants you to overcome things in your life, but the only way you can get those vital lessons from the valley is by going through it. My son, as I was driving to church this morning, he said, dad, what's it like driving? I said, oh, it's fun. He said, well, I learned to drive. I said, sure, jump in right now. I let him back the car up and I let him pull the car forward. Get him practicing, get him started. He said, that was fun. I said, yeah, it is. But he wants to know what it's like. He wants to experience it. But the only way to experience it is you've got to go through it. You've got to deal with it. You've got to go through this. And there are many life experiences that you and I are saying, I don't want to go through it. And God is saying, there is somebody else on the other side of this valley I need you to meet. There's a, there's a version of you that on the other side of this, you're going to be glad you went through it. But you've got to go through this valley. But then he says something in verse number four, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. If you're taking notes, please write this down. It's not God's plan to make the valley permanent. We love permanence in our life. He starts off and he says, the shepherd leads me to these beautiful, 
He leads me to lie down in green pastures. Oh, we love it when God takes us to those places where it's a, a green, lush pasture, where the sweet grass is there and we enjoy it, but those seasons aren't permanent. And then it says he leads us beside still waters. And even in the still waters, those seasons are nice. They're filled with refreshing, but even those seasons are not permanent. Nothing is permanent here. And the best part when we hear that nothing is permanent, that means this, the valley's not permanent. I could say it like this, the valley you're in, you're just visiting. The valley you're in right now, you're just a visitor. God never meant for you to park and play there. God said, pass through. And some of us have this valley mentality where we're always discouraged, we're always depressed, everything's bad, everything's awful, and you're just staying in this valley mentality. And God is saying, no, you need to pass through this valley. You're only supposed to visit the valley. This valley is supposed to be a season. So tell your neighbor, you're just visiting. Say, just visit this valley. Just visit this valley. Shake him, touch him, wake him up. Say, hey, I know you want that sheep to come back, but you can pet him afterward. But this valley is just for visiting. And some of us, we want the valley to be moved, but I just need you to remember, you need to move through the valley. Some of you just, God, why can't you just move this? And God's like, no, 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 I'm gonna move you through this valley. This valley's not going anywhere. In 2016, Jane and I were going through just a very difficult season in our ministry. We'd started the church, it was just two years old, and we'd come to a crisis point where I seriously contemplated saying, that's it, I'm, I'm done. I, I gave it my best shot, and God, I'm, I'm through in this season. And I didn't know how I'd make it. I had lost all source of income, Jane was seven months pregnant with Cain, no medical insurance, thinking I got bills, a mortgage, and I've just blown up an entire situation. And I said, God, I'm in this valley. And it was in that moment that God said, I know this doesn't feel good, but just keep moving through this valley because I'm not moving it. You have to move through it. And this morning, I need you to remember that you are passing through this valley. So don't give the valley another victim. And some of you are content giving your valley one more victim. The valley of the shadow of death has enough victims. You should not be another one of them. God wants you to pass through it. If there's difficulty in the relationship, there's difficulty in the job, there's difficulty emotionally and mentally, physically, God is saying, let's pass through this valley. Let's not be a victim. Let's not give up and die here. And there's many people that go through a valley that they just give up. And we need to be a generation that says, I'm passing through. I'm visiting this valley. I love what he says. He says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. That's the point of the message. You see, this valley doesn't have to get victory because God is with you. The only way the valley We'll get the victory is if you, if you don't think God is with you. But when you know God is with you, he has made you more than a conqueror. God is saying, I will never leave you. I will never abandon you. I will never forsake you. That God is there. So the valley doesn't have to get the victory. But that little word with is a powerful little Hebrew word. 
You see, in our language, we've translated the word with, and we kind of think of it like when we were in high school and college where someone's with us and it's like, ooh, butterflies, this is fun. Let's go to the mall. What are we gonna do at the mall? I don't know, I only have $2. I'm not gonna do anything. We'll just hold hands and stare at each other. That was all fun in that stage. But now when you hear that God is with you, you're like, "Ah, mm, whatever. But then when I dove into what this Hebrew word means, it's the Hebrew word imad, which means that God is not just with you. What it means is that God is before you. It's not that just God is before you. God is also behind you. But he's not just before you and behind you. This word also means he's beside you. So the enemy can't get any access because the enemy has to go through God because God is before you. God is behind you and God is beside you. So the enemy should not have any access. So this morning, if your mind is plagued, your heart is plagued, you need to understand it's because you gave the enemy access. Because when God said he's with you, God says, I have surrounded you with my comfort. I've surrounded you with my love and my care. My rod and my staff, they're there with you. But yet you and I, we don't feel surrounded. God is saying, nothing can get through here. I'm beside you. I'm before you. Which means this, my friend. God is in your future. And he's also in your past. And he's also in your present. You say, man, I I got some things in my past I'm not real proud of. Join the club. We all feel that way. We all have something that we wish we could change, we could get a redo on, that we could just control, alt, delete that. But yet we are stuck in this world and we have to say, God, you're in my past so you can redeem it. You're in my present so you're gonna be guiding me. And you are in my tomorrow so I can trust you in this valley. I don't have to be a victim of this valley. I'm going to keep moving through because of that little word, Imad. God is with you. This valley doesn't have to get the victory over your life. And we need more men and women who understand that God will give us the victory during this Christmas season. I don't have to be a slave to how I feel. I can say, Lord, you haven't changed everything like I'd want, but I'm going to keep my eyes fixed on you. See, the psalmist David, he didn't let the valley steal his vision of who God was. There's many different names for God. David said, the Lord restores my soul. That's Jehovah Rapha. The Lord, our restorer. He says, God is with me in the presence of my enemies. That's Jehovah Nisai, the Lord, our victory. He says, he leads me beside still waters. That's the Lord, our peace, Jehovah Shalom. He says, I shall not want. That is the Lord, our provider, Jehovah Jireh. He says, the Lord, you're with me. That is Jehovah Shema. He says, you anoint my head with oil. That's the Lord, our healer. That is Jehovah M. Kadesh. He's reminding himself of who God is. But in this Psalm, something happens. He goes the first several verses, the first four verses, talking about God. And then something happens in verse number four. Let's go look at it one more time. In verse number four, he says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. He becomes aware of God's presence. He says, I know God's here. How odd would it be? Hun, can you help me? I'm gonna ask you to step up on the stage real quick. If you step up here. How odd would this be if I'm walking and I'm like, there's this girl, Jane, that's really neat. 
really organized, really detailed. Let's just walk together. Oh man, one day I'd really like for you to meet this girl, Jane, one day. Wouldn't that just be odd? Shouldn't I be saying, hey, you're really neat. You're really organized. If God is with you, why are you talking about him to him? Why aren't you just talking to him? That's why there's a disconnect in your relationship with God. Because you're talking about God as this abstract third person instead of saying, I have a relationship with God. I see who God is. I walk with him and I talk with him. And every day he's there and he meets me in the morning. And when I can't sleep at night, he's there. And I don't just talk about God in the middle of the night when I'm filled with anxiety. I say, God, you're here right now. And I don't know what to do about these bills. I don't know what to do about my spouse. I don't know what to do about these children. And in that moment, God says, I get it. I'm here. I'll listen. Talk to me. Thank you so much. You may be seated. There's nothing more comforting. She didn't say my pleasure. I was waiting for her to say my pleasure, but she didn't say it. We'll get it next time. You and I love it when we're going through something that there's somebody there to commiserate with us. We say, can you, can you just hear me for a second? I just need to be heard because I don't feel heard at my work. My boss just, just gaslights me and I come home and I deal with it there. I, everywhere I go, my family just ignores me. And then as soon as you get there, you can come to God and say, God, I just need to be heard. And God says, just talk, I'm, I'm listening. And you say, really? And God says, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm here. Anytime, let's talk. You see, David learned the secret. He's not just talking about God. He starts talking to God. And when you start talking to God, you start losing sight of the valley and you get a vision of how big God is because you start talking yourself into just how great and how powerful he is. And all of a sudden you start getting reminded that man, God has been good, that God has been great in my past. So this valley doesn't stand a chance. This valley is about to be a victim to our God who's about to get the victory. That's about what would about to happen. And you can turn things around. So don't allow this vision, this valley to steal your vision of who God is. And as we close, maybe you're thinking, all right, that's, that's all well and good. But that's Old Testament. I'm here, 21st century, Silicon Valley. I mean, we got traffic. I mean, we got long lines. We got high gas prices. We got expensive food. My Big Mac is now $18. Pastor, pray for me. We got all kinds of issues, crime. We got everything going on and I don't know how to deal with it. What's gonna help me now? This is good that it worked for David, but David um, has been gone a while. I know you're right. David said that God was with him. But in Matthew chapter number one, verse 22, something happens. God breaks through all the mess, everything that was going on to one Jewish woman. And God says something. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, the Lord through the prophet saying, behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which is God with Imad, us. That God is coming to be among us, before us, behind us, beside us, always around us.
You see, Emmanuel is God with us. Calvary is God for us. Pentecost is God in us. God is saying, I've never left you. There was a story about a little shepherd boy in England watching his little flock of sheep. And back in those days, you would have itinerant ministers who would go from little village to village. And he was walking the dirt road and he looked up and there was the little shepherd boy watching his little flock of sheep. So a itinerant minister went over to the boy and said, do you know Psalms 23? The little boy said, no. And the itinerant minister said, I'm gonna teach you everything you need to know about Psalms 23. He said this, the Lord is my shepherd. And then he looked at the little boy and he said, repeat after me. But each time you say a word, I want you to count a finger. So the little boy said, the, the Lord is my, and the preacher said, stop. And he said, take your other hand and I want you to grab that finger. And I never want you to forget that he's not just a shepherd. He's your shepherd. And the boy went home that day, found his mom and dad and said, mom, dad, I learned something about the Bible today. I learned that the Lord is my shepherd. That winter was an extremely harsh winter in England. And the little boy and his sheep were lost in a snowstorm. They searched all night and they couldn't find him. It was several days later when they finally found the boy. He had frozen to death in a snowdrift. And as they pulled back the snow, they saw the little boy with his sheep. He was slumped over and he had passed. But then they looked at his hands and his head was bowed and he held on. His last thoughts were, God is my shepherd. That story was told in the village. And a man who never went to church, wanted nothing to do with God, had lived his life for himself, heard that story. And everybody thought, he doesn't care. He doesn't care about nobody. Well, that man went home. And for a few days, nobody saw the old man. So somebody went to his home to check on him. And the man had passed. The strange thing was when they went to check on the old man, the man who lived for himself, wanted nothing to do with God, wanted nothing to do with the Bible, nothing to do with church. They said, there he was, laying peaceful. I said, the Lord is my shepherd. This morning, God is not just a shepherd. He wants to be your shepherd. But the question is, is he? He's done everything he can to show you that he wants to be with you. But God is a gentleman and he won't force himself on you.
you have to make the decision to say, I accept you as my shepherd and I will follow you as that good shepherd would follow you. And so this morning, if you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus, I wanna invite you to receive him as your savior. The scripture says in John 10, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my father's hand. Is he your shepherd this morning? This Christmas season, the greatest news you can ever hear is that God came to earth, Emmanuel, and he wants to be your shepherd. Can we stand with heads bowed and eyes closed? And as we're standing, in the Old Testament, they would take a lamb like we saw this morning, and they would have the lamb die for the sins of the shepherd. In the New Testament, the new covenant, the shepherd dies for the sheep. And Jesus is that good shepherd who gave his life for you, my friend. And if you've never trusted him as your savior, I'm gonna invite you this morning in the stillness of this moment to give your life to Jesus, to invite him in, to make him your good shepherd, that shepherd that wants to guide you, wants to go before you, be beside you and behind you. If you don't know him this morning with no one looking around, you say this morning, I'm gonna lift up my hand and I wanna receive him. Is that you? Would you raise your hand and say, hey, I wanna receive Christ this morning. I see that hand in the back. Anybody else? I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Oh, let's celebrate with these that are giving their life to Jesus. That's what it's all about. People that are saying yes to Jesus. Amen. I wanna pray together. We're gonna pray out loud for those that are coming to God for the first time and those that are coming back to God after a long time. I'm gonna pray and would you just repeat after me this prayer? Dear God, you are the good shepherd. You give your life for the sheep. This morning, I make you my shepherd. I receive you, I receive your love, I receive your forgiveness, I receive your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer and received Christ in your heart, would you slip up your hand? Can we just testify with you? Amen. We got to worship this morning. Worship team, would you lead us? Thank you so much for listening to today's message. If this message inspired you and helped you, we would love for you to hit like, subscribe, or share it with someone today. Until next time, have a great day.